So we're a little past the midway point here. Alabama's got a bye week. Let's review the season a little bit and also talk some recruiting on Locked On Bama today. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, busy, but uh, man, enjoying the off week, though, frankly. Uh, I needed this break. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we all did. I mean, as fans, if, you, if you're a true fan, you get so invested. Um, you know, you can use a little, uh, you could use a little R&R yourself. I mean, there's no doubt I could. I mean, I, you know, I need R&R all the time anyway. But um, I want to thank Bet Online for being the sponsor of this particular podcast. We'll talk about Bet Online in just a little bit. Um, also want a big shout out to Mac Million, M-A-K-M-A-I-L-L-I-O-N. He won this hat, this hat right here. Mac, if you're watching the podcast again, I, I sent you something on YouTube um, and I gave you my Twitter handle and email, but I need you to send me your info so I can send you the hat. Again, I'm going to send it to you free of charge. I'm going to give some more stuff away eventually. Okay, so everybody hang with us. I'm not going to do it every podcast, but I'll give some more locked on paraphernalia uh, away shortly, soon as I get some more. So, anywho, you um, win a car, little- you win a car, you win a car, you win a car. Yes. Um, I thought it'd be kind of cool just to let, let's go back over the season, the first eight games, yeah. and maybe as we go through these, we can get a better feel, taking a bird's eye view of, of where we are as a team. And of course, you go back to Utah State, Alabama wins 55 to nothing. But for whatever reason, and, and again, maybe I'm being a bit of a revisionist, I seem to remember being not thoroughly impressed with the 59, 55 to nothing win. I remember thinking, okay, um, that it was good. I mean, it, you beat somebody 55 to nothing, that's good. It didn't feel like we were playing up to our expectation, though. Uh, again, maybe I'm just I'm – de- I demand too much. I, I have no problem saying that. Nick Saban has spoiled me to death. But it, it just – it didn't feel like um, – we were a, a, a well-oiled machine at the time. I think what uh, what what I take from that game now today is, I think we all thought Utah State was better than that, and and that is not to say that the game we expected the game to be close or tight or, but Utah State finished in the top twenty-five last year. They returned a bunch of starters, and they're just having a terrible season. Uh. They're just not good at all, but 55 to nothing, I mean, sort of speaks for itself to me. I mean, in terms of we thoroughly dominated an opponent that should have been thoroughly dominated, and we did. And, again, that's true. And and so I've, I feel so stupid sometimes when I say, like, oh, not an impressive 55 to nothing win. It just didn't feel like we were all that sharp. But we wrote it off as, like, okay, you know, at the, the time – some huh? people weren't happy with the offensive line in that game. Some yeah. people. I mean, I mean, in terms of some fan. I mean, I, I do remember that uh, blowback, I guess you'd say. Uh, also, we didn't run the ball great. So, I mean, in terms of like, 
were there any signs in this game and, and we're still dealing with those issues? I, I would say, yeah, yeah, we didn't run the ball very well. Yeah, and now looking back on that game, it makes sense where we are. You know, the blocking still isn't great. The running game still isn't great. Um, so you move on to Texas, right? I went to that game. It was hot as good Lord. It was hot. I don't know what to tell yeah. you other than it was just really hot. Um, and outside of, a, you know, the first drive where Jameer Gibbs had some nice runs on the, on the first possession and then uh, an 80-yard run by Jason McClellan, we didn't run the ball real well there either. Of course, the last drive, uh, Bryce Young made some things happen with his legs, but those weren't by design. Um, and so I guess now we're beginning to see a pattern, and we sort of wrote it off at the time as, um, hey, look, it was 11 o'clock game. It was hot. And, you know, you play your worst a couple times a year and your best a couple times a year. This hopefully is one of our worst. I think it turns out that, okay, this was closer – to being one of our worst games. I don't think it was one of our worst games, though. I, I That's what's kind of scary to me. Well, I mean, a lot of things stand out to me about this game. But number one, we beat a good team on the road. I think Texas has proven this season that they're a good team. Are they great? Are they top 10? Are they a championship contender? No, but they're a good team and still managed to beat them. I get the feeling Texas sort of played out of their minds that day, too. That was Texas at their best effort. Um, but uh, in terms of what carried forward to this day from that game for me, Luke, was just Bryce and how I think, as crazy as it sounds, maybe the numbers aren't what they were, but Bryce is a better player this year than he was a year ago when he won the Heisman Trophy. He's improved. He's better. And there is absolutely no question whatsoever that Alabama won that game uh, because of Bryce Young. Yeah, I agree with you on that statement about Bryce being better this year. I mean, he certainly had more help. And, again, I've mentioned this. Last year it was, okay, I'm in a pinch. I'm going to heave it. All I've got, and Jamison Williams will run under it. You know, right. I can't out overthrow him. And, and this year we've seen him overthrow some people. And, again, I don't necessarily know that it's his fault. Um, some of it is maybe the timing isn't there uh, and, and the chemistry isn't there. So – I think that's okay, but anyway, I think you're absolutely right that he is was he is a better quarterback this year than he was last year. Uh, then you do La Monroe, and look, all of a sudden, you know, because really, I think at this point, had we not created any turnovers yet, or just hadn't had an interception, maybe uh, we just almost no. If there had been a turnover, it might be like one. I know there were no interceptions. I mean, okay. I mean, even through that third game where we crush yeah. uh, Monroe. And uh, I think probably played our best game, you know, at that time. Uh, and, and maybe to this day, maybe our best game uh, against Monroe in week three. Yeah. And then, of course, we um, – no sense in going through that. Of course, the interception was by Will Anderson, oddly enough. Then uh, you have the Vanderbilt game. You win 55-3. to three. Not a lot – anything remarkable there either. Uh, then you go to Arkansas. And – Boy, I know we ended up winning 49-26. When I look at this score and realize we won 49-26, to I'm like, it doesn't feel like we won 49-26 because it was 28-23 kind of late in the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, the floodgates opened. But uh, we did win 49-20. to Was it 26 or 23? I think 26. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, – that game's so weird. And that's when things started to – you know, get a little dicey because obviously the the injury to Bryce, um, 
And then, of course, you got Texas A&M, which wasn't too terribly long ago, and we just didn't look that good. And now that that game against A&M, I'm really hoping that was a game where A&M just put all their marbles into the let's beat Alabama again basket because this Texas A&M team is not good. They're, they're not together. They're, they're, they're a weird bunch. Um, they just don't have any chemistry among themselves. They don't seem to have a lot of uh, team pride. And they were right there to beat us. And that's – I know we had a backup quarterback, and that certainly does – that's a whole other podcast where you can talk about how important the quarterback is. But we should have beaten that bunch by more than that. Well, I think Texas A&M and the Texas games are similar to me in this way, Luke. Uh, while neither team is special, while neither team is great, and Texas A&M is going to end up with a really bad record and sort of a mess on their hands, I think everyone should agree or could agree that with the dudes that they have on the team and the talent they have on the team, when they do put it all together, they're pretty daunting. I mean, these aren't – I don't think – talent is necessarily the number one issue at either place. Uh, I think it's culture and other things, but uh, when they do play well, they're tough to, to beat because they do have a lot of good players, both teams. Uh, but what stands out to me about Arkansas and A&M together, those two games are intricately inter intertwined to me. And that's just, those were the Milrow games. I mean, Bryce got hurt against Arkansas. Those were Milrose games to win or lose. And uh, at the time, uh, I, I just think there's just way too much gnashing of teeth over that because as I bring up all the time, I want to see one of these other teams that are contending for a national championship, I want to see them beat conference opponents with their number two quarterback. Let's see it. Because at the same time, Alabama lost Bryce, Kentucky lost Levis, you know, and 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 Kentucky lost to South Carolina. They would never lose to South Carolina with Will Levis at quarterback. Arkansas loses KJ Jefferson for a game. They lose, you know, with their backup. Alabama doesn't lose. They win, and yet fans were treating really uh, specifically the AM game, but even Arkansas to to a degree like it was a loss. Uh, I, I think it's actually impressive that Alabama could beat. Uh, conference opponents with uh, with the backup quarterback, not only a backup quarterback, but a freshman who frankly just isn't ready to be a starting quarterback in this league just yet. I think that might come next year for him, but he wasn't ready yet. Alabama won anyway. No, that's all good points. And of course, you know, look, we just recently talked about the Tennessee game and um, obviously just this week we've talked about Mississippi State. So I think we can let those go. I, I can't talk about Tennessee. Any, I'm not ready to talk about Tennessee anymore. I'm just not ready. For it. I mean, I'm still uh, – Gary Harris, who's a friend of mine, he does a lot of stuff with um, the AHSA sometimes, and uh, he has a show in Tuscaloosa. He hosts Titer Insider with Rodney Org. Good dude. Big Alabama guy, obviously. Um, apparently, like, uh, he had his show maybe yesterday or two days ago, and he was still losing it about – uh, Tennessee, I had a guy call in our show and talk about it. And he, he said, it's just, uh, you can tell Alabama fans just aren't ready to, we, we have not healed from some of those issues on the Tennessee game, but I need to tell everybody about sweat block. Look, if you've ever gone on a first date, if you've ever gone on a second date, if you've ever gotten married or gotten divorced, if you've ever taken a test, if you've ever, uh, had a job interview, you know, sometimes you might have a sweat issue. Look, everybody does. It's okay. It's no big whoop. It's all part of, uh, being a human being. 
Sweat Block is there to help you out. Look, I want to tell you about Pamela, and we'll keep her last name uh, anonymous. Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles or under her arms. She finally has her life back because of Sweat Block. It makes a difference. Look, when you go in there and, and you know, there's always never let them see you sweat because when they see you sweat, they think they got you. So you need Sweat Block to help you stop sweating. Sweat Block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. If there's somebody who knows about heat, it's firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with promo code locked on. That's two words promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. This is also available at Amazon, Sweatblock is. So go check them out, sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. Doesn't get any easier than that. And you know you don't want to be running around all sweaty, so go get you some Sweatblock. All right, Jimmy, let's talk a little uh, Let's talk a little recruiting here. Um, Bama Online put out their nuggets about this. I know you at On3, you guys have put out some stuff about this this past weekend. Um, of course, the the Montgomery Cats were there. James Smith and Quay Russell. Um, I watched them the other night. By the way, they played on a Thursday night, and sheesh, these two dudes, man. I mean, they are five stars among five stars. They are. Uh, Smith is great, and I think Smith may have the most potential of the two. Russell mm-hmm. may be the most ready to play right now, based on what I've right. seen. He's so. I mean. His his speed, his quickness, his um, anticipation, his awareness, all those things just stand out to me. But Smith's right there, too. I'm not trying to dog either one of them because both of them are awesome. And luckily, they're going to be a package deal. And I say luckily because I do think they both end up at Alabama. Do you? I do. Uh, still optimistic there. Uh, you know, in this NIL age and, and this new world of recruiting, uh, I, I never was a fan of, of the phrase, uh, you know, lock before, even before all this. Uh, so, so you'll hardly ever hear me say, you know, use the word, oh, they're locks and not, they're not locks, not even for Alabama. You never know what's going to happen. Somebody could swoop in with hundred million dollars before December, you know, in this crazy world. But, uh, no, if I had to, if I was wagering, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I say Smith and Rousseau to Alabama and, uh, Guy, it, it'd be huge. Uh, I, I just absolutely huge for multitudes of reasons. But you know, they're in state. You sort of win the state when you win those two. Um, they're impactful. They're at impactful positions. They're in the positions that Alabama needs. Got needs guys. The defensive front seven. That's where Alabama needs to finish strong. Smith and Russo are those those two guys, and 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 just the, the how quality of a prospect they are. Both totally legitimately ranked uh where they are uh all the big programs in the nation want the, want them both uh but yeah i think it'll be alabama for both james smith and quay Rousseau and wow that'll be uh that'll be huge for alabama down the stretch they're likely to be late decisions won't surprise me at all luke if they're uh signing day decisions frankly yeah and that's the one thing that i guess mildly concerns me i mean they look I think if you're um, a recruit right now, uh, you, you look at Alabama. I mean, Alabama is kind of a no-brainer. Um, but what I, what does mildly concern me is Auburn's going to get them a new coach, and whoever that new coach is, let's assume. I mean, look, I don't I don't know who it'll be, but let's say it's a prime time or a, or 
uh, Hugh Freeze or something like that, a guy, a person that probably has some charisma that can recruit. Um, I, my guess is they will go all in on those two guys, all in immediately. And it, it may be one of those things where the, the last impression may be the best impression. Um, right. I think it makes a lot more sense for them to go to Alabama. There's no doubt about it. I mean, as, yeah, I'm a homer, but I, I think, look, NFL draft stock and everything else proves me right. Um, I think but, Quay grew up an Auburn fan, by the way. Quay did. I, really, I, I don't think James did. I mean, I think Quay's like a natural, like, hey, I've always rooted for Auburn. Uh, I agree with you, Luke. Uh, if Alabama fans just blow that off, but they've, they're not remembering that Brian Horson's not going to be the coach when the season ends. They're going to have a new coach. And whenever there's a new coach, there's excitement. There's optimism. I mean, behind every new hire, uh, there's optimism and excitement and though we're going to win. And guess what? The new Auburn coaches, he's probably going to fully fund NIL. Uh, and, and secondly, play in time, play in time, play in time. Don't go to Alabama and wait in line three years to play. We need true freshmen. We need highly paid true freshman starters. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be a heck of a, of a, and particularly in since they're not have much time to decide, you know, they're like, Oh no, gosh. I mean, I got to make up my mind so quick here. I, I'm, yeah. you, I, I'm not saying they're going to Auburn, but I do not rule that out. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, I want to go ahead and talk about uh, Bet Online now. Look, BetOnline.net is where it's at. Look, you see the banner right below me. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can get all the latest odds, news, and scores at BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Look, basketball's right here. Look, I've already I've placed some wagers on basketball with uh, Bet Online, it's awesome. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game right there at betonline.net. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport there is. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. That's Bet Online because it's where the game starts. Jimmy, I want to talk about Arian Carter here, uh, the the linebacker prospect uh, who's committed to Memphis out of Tennessee. Um, he's blowing up on the recruiting circuit. I think he's a three-star slash four-star. He will eventually be a unanimous four-star, I believe, maybe right. a high four-star. Uh, he's got speed for days, and uh, it's, it's, he's beginning to get some crystal balls to Alabama, which I love. I think this guy, um, he, he he's got a little Ralph Staten in him to me. Um, maybe I'm overreaching, but uh, I'm going in the wayback machine. And uh, this kid just seems like uh, a fantastic sideline to sideline linebacker. Um, again, great instincts. Big fan of this cat. Yeah, runner and a hitter. I mean, that's, you know, that those are, are fun linebackers. I mean, a runner and a hitter. But I mean, he can really run. This is a high end athlete, but he also brings the hat. I mean, he, he, he plays a physical brand of football. Uh, but is a high-end athlete for the position. To me, he's the the modern linebacker, uh, the modern linebacker who can play in space. He can rush the passer. He can drop into coverage. Uh, he can also play inside the tackle box and physically match up with with what you have to match up inside all the traffic. Uh, I, I like the state in comparison. Actually, I think that's actually pretty good. I tell you, another guy I compare him to, and even though this guy hasn't played much at Alabama, 
it's still a compliment to me is a lot of Demoy Kennedy in him, who was also to me a runner and a hitter. I mean, just such a like whenever you watch a Demoy who was really turning into one of Alabama's best special teams players when he got hit, you watch a Demoy run and then you watch him tackle somebody and you're like, man, this guy's a player. It's just with him, I think it's been tough to find the right position. I think Arian Carter's a little bit more of a natural linebacker. I know he's played a lot of running back uh, in high school, but he took to linebacker so quickly and easily. Uh, I'll tell you another guy it compares to to me, um, and again, it's a compliment, is Dylan Moses. I, I, I think there's some Dylan Moses here just in terms of like, wow, what an athlete, and, and he can run, and boy, he'll hit you. So uh, I would be really excited about Arian Carter at Alabama, and I think there's a good chance it happens. You know, um, <laughs> I, I got to stop just talking about Alabama prospects for a second and talk about what said yesterday. First of all, is it just me or is Jimbo Fisher always talk like this? You never really know what he's saying because he always just says a bunch of words right back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And you don't know what in the world is happening over here. And then all of a sudden you look over there and he looks mad. And you're like, I'm scared to ask him a question. Isn't that how he talks? <laughs> he does. He he does. And there are so many words. Eventually words get him in trouble <laughs> because there's just so many words. He's got like, you know, you've heard the term word salad. He's like the Ruby Tuesday's word salad buffet. I mean, he's just got words on top of words. And I guess, you know, eventually some of them come together and, and they work out. And, and it's, like like, he's okay, always, it's like he's always speed reading the dictionary. <laughs> that is true. Well, he had something very odd to say. And, boy, this has turned into locked on A&M the last couple of days. But it's kind of hilarious. And it is uh, relate. It does relate to Alabama in the sense that uh, we play them every single year. Um, he said something today, and I'm, I'm not going to say it verbatim because I don't want to look it up right now. But it was essentially, you know, somebody asked him what his recruiting pitch was. And he says, well, what I'm trying to sell is playing time. And also, you're not really trying to pitch anything. You're trying to – and I'm like, well, first of all, you just said you're trying to sell them something, but you're not trying to pitch them something. Then he said, you know, why, who wants to go somewhere that they're winning all the time? Um, everybody, everybody wants to do that. Who wants, I mean, what a terrible idea. I mean, and again, which leads me back to what Nick Saban said this summer, where Nick Saban essentially said they brought, they bought all the players. And look, that's a terrible way to phrase it because it, it, it just, it's a, it's a hard, it's a terrible way to say it. But in essence, it's kind of true because who in their right mind would go play for a man who would say things like that? <laughs> and you would have to have be incentivized some other way. I mean, when, I read, only... when I read the quote, Luke, I thought, is he trying to get fired? I mean, I mean, in that that's a how in the world does any fan of AM like that quote? You know, who wants to go to a place where all you do is win? So you're intentionally losing the game to games to make it more appealing to prospects. Is that the plan? Hey, let's go four and eight and we'll sign anybody we want. And then next year when we go four and eight and we sign back to back great classes. Then we're really going to go four and eight. That third year. <laughs> well, hey, if, if his strategy is, then he ought to be recruiting gangbusters because his team kind of sucks. You know, it, I'm going to tell you what's going to be losing. Then Vanderbilt would be signing Alabama's classes every year. What's interesting about this 
in a couple of weeks, uh, Texas A&M travels to Auburn. Call me crazy. I think Auburn wins that game right now. Now, look, Auburn has lost two guys in the transfer portal, I think, since this podcast started this morning. But they have lost two guys in the transfer portal for real since yesterday. So they may not even have enough to field the team. But A&M's got sort of the same thing going on with the dope smoking thing with South Carolina, then uh, some a uh, bunch of injuries. I'm just telling you, it wouldn't shock me at all if some – it makes no sense. But Auburn could beat Texas A&M. And frankly, as even though as a guy that I've always cheered against Auburn no matter the circumstance, I kind of dig it. I kind of would laugh. I can't lose that game, by the way. I don't care who wins. I just want to – I just care about the loser. I can't help but think when Harson uh, saw that one of his kids was in the portal, he called that kid in his uh, dorm room and said, "Hey, it's uh, Coach Harson." And the kid's like, "Coach, don't don't talk me out of the portal." And Harson was just saying, "No, no, I was calling to see if there's room for two in that thing." <laughs> well, I mean, look, if Harson will just hang out, he can afford his own portal. I mean, he's going to get fifteen million dollars not to work. And meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher's like. Yeah, you think that's a, I'll get $15 million a year not to work. <laughs> no, that's right. And those two are going to be rich and out of work. And uh, they're, they're going to be like the sequel to what, what was the, those uh, those uh, Night at the Roxbury guys on Saturday Night Live? You know, the uh, guys in the club in their uh, suits, their, their matching suits, uh, hitting on the ladies. That's going to be uh, Parson and Fisher uh, with their uh, millions that's that that is funny because I've seen so many people on Twitter say, you know, Jimbo Fisher, what an idiot. I'm like, yeah, what an idiot. He's gonna get $86 million to not do what they paid to him to do. To not coach. To, what a job. To not do. You're so bad at this. We're gonna pay you a, all the money. We're gonna, so that you yeah. don't do this anymore. <laughs> it's like that line in uh, Moneyball, the movie uh, Moneyball. I suppose it was in the book too, but the movie Moneyball when uh David Justice ended up with the Oakland A's. He'd been with the Yankees, and the Yankees cut him. Uh, and Justice was getting paid like $12 million a year, and they cut him. So they owed him all the money, and he ended up playing for the A's. And they're trying to motivate him. And uh, the GM of the A's, you know, Brad Pitt, tells David Justice, do you realize the Yankees are paying you $12 million to play against them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're paying you $12 million because they want to play against you. They see that as a huge advantage for themselves. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, – we'll probably do some predictions for the weekend, even though Alabama's not involved. So we'll do that tomorrow. Until then, everybody, roll time. Roll time.